0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Now we're we waiting. We waited really a long time <laughs> yeah. to yep. start.
1: Yeah, so we didn't overlap.
0: The banter mm-hmm. so that we did not overlap. And we didn't. No. There was just a long pause that Zach removed, no doubt. No so doubt. That by the time you're listening to this, you'll be like, What the heck are you guys talking about? <laughs> and you just weren't in the room yeah. to feel the long silence mm. that was really probably like
1: two seconds. Two seconds, maybe.
0: You know, but time feels different when Things are doing what they do. So true. true. What's mm. good with you today?
1: Oh, today, today. I woke up like remarkably early. Oh, yeah? In, yeah. Like two hours early.
0: Wow, that like, is hey, remarkably like, early.
1: Oh, and I just got to roll over and, and, and be like, let's go back to that dream. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, there are times where I can I can revisit, I can get right back into the dream that I was really? just having. Yeah.
0: That is crazy, because I cannot do that. Yeah. Some of my most painful memories from childhood <laughs> oh, are no. the dreams that I remember waking up from as a child and, like, yeah. desperately wanting to go back into, and then you can't do it. That makes sense. I'm saying little facetiously. They're not actually painful memories, people. Don't freak out. But I can't do that. And I've had that thought once or twice, that I would like to go back into a dream yeah. that I was having, but I cannot do it.
1: I'm just recently, and this is actually very uncommon for me. A lot of the stuff that I'm consuming has been influencing my dreams. No kidding. That usually doesn't happen for me. Yeah. Usually, I cannot draw a single parallel, no matter how vivid the dream no. is. But now it's like I'm starting to recognize, like, oh, is this podcast, this show, this you know, comic book, or whatever that I'm like, oh, those themes are really familiar. Or it's like the same way they sparked my imagination. That's the thing that I dreamed about. So it's like kind <laughs> of by proxy is connected to this thing that it made me think about, which is interesting, but kind of fun because it's not been bad. So I'll yeah. take that.
0: Also, I dream. For- Frequently, I mean, I feel like technically everyone dreams, I guess, every night. It's just, do you remember them? I think that's what I've heard. I don't know. I'm not a dream expert. I'm not a sleep
1: expert. That's what I've heard anyway.
0: I do frequently remember my dreams. I should put it that way. They're almost always nightmares, though. Really? That is my most frequent type of dream is a nightmare.
1: Oh, whoa! Yeah, I seldom, I seldom have full on nightmares. Yeah, there might be some that like I find disquieting when I wake up. I'm like, I wish I hadn't had to process that emotion in my dreams. No, but um, and
0: they're always. So over the top. Oh, yeah. Like, not nightmares where it's like, oh, that was a freaky thing that could have happened in real life. It's
1: like the running for your life, but your legs are slowing down and you can't speak. Yeah, that kind of thing. But also,
0: like, I'm talking one of the most vivid that I remember to this day was from a couple years ago where I don't want to take up all the time talking about this dream, but basically, it ended with nine people in my Nissan Versa. Like, you you can't all fit in there. So that's strike one. (laughs) You can barely (laughs) fit three people in it. But so that was strike one. Strike two. I was driving my Versa like a Jeep through a
1: forest. Whoa. like
0: Like going airborne. It's like that like, whole
1: scene in shang Yeah, I've not seen <laughs> no. that, so I don't understand. Okay. But...
0: I'm doing that, and then the dream ended, basically, when I came to the edge of the woods. We were trying to escape a murderous like cult, <laughs> so that was the bit. But we came to the edge of the woods, and we couldn't get out, as it always goes in such a dream. And the final outer ring of trees in this forest, there were just a bunch of crucified Sasquatches.
1: Oh, on these trees. my word. Yeah. That is so intense. Yeah. That's... I would watch that movie. <laughs> that's wild.
0: <laughs> but that was it, and that that is the type and caliber of dream that i have most frequently dang so
1: that's really intense
0: yeah but anyway neither here nor there i guess it's just you were talking about you know having waking up early and having a good dream
1: and getting back into
0: it so yeah you know
1: wow i'm so cool. sorry good I for really you <laughs> it's in pretty bitter salt in i wound. actually
0: don't care it's at this point i have they really don't like frighten me or bother me yeah it's like one of the things where i wake up and i'm like
1: oh my god it's just very unpleasant it's like i didn't ask yeah, for just that. like
0: oh, like man eh, like Crucified Sasquatches again, man. Come on. Like, come on, mind. This one again. Now, what does still (sighs) get me, and it's just a physiological response to sleep paralysis. I experience Uh, that still. I've never done that much. And that still does freak me
1: out. I do not want to even think about it.
0: Yeah, because apparently that's something that triggers it. I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, man. I'm I'm, uh,
0: I'm probably going to experience it tonight, dangdabbit. That's horrifying. But uh, Do you ever...
1: I know we're still on this. No. There are some times where I'm like so viscerally dissatisfied, so opposed to what I dream. I have woken myself up.
0: I have done that before. I have experienced lucid dreaming once or twice.
1: Ooh. Maybe maybe like once in my life could I say that I've done that. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Very specifically, that
0: dream I also remember. I was basically in like a Mustafar type of place. Whoa, okay. Like lava, volcanic very yeah. bad and it didn't feel super hot and i remember thinking to myself this is a dream like i had that
1: thought Whoa. in the dream
0: and then i had control
1: that's awesome i was like
0: i want to fly out of here and i flew yes flying has like to that be kind it. of thing so anyway yeah. that's about it that's all i can remember of it so that's wild anyway yeah dreams inception mm. <laughs> leonardo dicaprio did you know if you add all the first letters of, of the names of the main characters in the inception <laughs> it spells dreams
1: i love that one piece of <laughs> trivia for <laughs> every movie it's <laughs> like with with lord of the rings it's like and i love how intensely memed this is like you know when aragorn picks <laughs> the <laughs> helmet he broke his toe vigo morton
0: broke his toe, his toe, said, broke his toe. Yeah, it's Did you know peter jackson shows up in Bree <laughs> 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 with the rain oh, oh anyway so well amazing anyway none of that had anything to do with what we're talking about in the podcast today it's which is some one bit opening banter between friends because the topic of discussion today is what is faith <laughs> right which feels oh, that was like simple what yeah <laughs> you gonna really <laughs> oh, we're just going to just define what faith is? Sure. We're just going to do that so simply, you know? Well, no, I, you know, we, we're actually going to try to do that. Yeah, I mean, in a <laughs> manner of speaking, because the word faith itself, it gets used a lot mm-hmm. in the church, yeah. Christian discourse, and that's quite natural and really makes sense because the Bible uses the word faith a lot. It is a pretty important word topic.
1: That makes sense. I'm seeing <laughs> the connection. important. You know,
0: we yeah. are saved and justified by faith, right? So it kind of stands to reason you'd probably want to know what faith actually is is
1: It's a recurring theme,
0: yeah. so if we're asked to define what faith is, I think that is where for a lot of people, it can get tricky pretty quickly, yeah because mm, you kind of get pop culture definitions of faith. Sure. like it's just a leap in the dark, you know, it's like a blind trust in that which you can't see, you know, or like mm. you start thinking, well, maybe no, is it something else? Yeah, you just get a lot of lot yeah. of options. Lots I think of things
1: I think if that were the question, I would say pass and just uh, wait for the next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm hoping I'm hoping that we are going to offer something a little more than the uh, something, something, things unseen bit that I've heard many, many times. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The
0: verse that needs just as much explanation in Hebrews, like faith is the conviction of things, hope for the assurance of things unseen. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Which is like, oh, well, that's a nice verse. It's true. But that needs as much explanation yeah. as like, well, what is faith? The right?
1: question stands. Yes.
0: You still need to help me. It's like people who say, walk in the spirit. And you <laughs> yeah. won't, what? Like, well, what? <laughs> tell me how. What does that mean? Do you like, have any well, more no, vocabulary just,
1: words? For me today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. So we want to talk about that. And actually, once again, believe it or not, historically, the church has been able to define this, they've had a pretty clear set of conceptual terms Mm. to help us grasp what faith is. That's a relief. Yes. And historically, teachers within the church have spoken of at least three crucial different aspects of true saving faith in Christ. Okay. When you read these in theological textbooks or church history books, they're typically Latin words. The fathers and theologians that were really working on this stuff used Latin terms to describe them and... Although Latin is a lovely language, it is also a dead one. Uh It is very dead. And uh, due to this tragic reality, I'm going to save us all the trouble of having to Google those dead words by explaining them in my own English words. And English happens to be Mm. not dead. It is still a living language in use Mm. today. For the foreseeable future. Yes. So, (laughs) first up, the first aspect of true saving faith in Christ is right knowledge. Mm. So, that's our first thing.
1: I'm sure that's never been contentious. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and so on that note, in a word, what the teachers of the church are getting at with this is do we know the facts about Jesus and specifically do we know the facts that are presented about him in the Bible
1: okay that no, that's a massively helpful clarification
0: yes, it is and in this case they're also not talking about mere trivia right <laughs> so they're they're not talking about like how much time Jesus spent in Nazareth as opposed to in Jerusalem right yeah like that's the kind of stuff that makes for an interesting Wikipedia article maybe yeah, maybe depending on. <laughs> what your interests are (laughs) If you're super into, you know, Palestinian geography and right, right. timelines, I guess.
1: Those could be your flashcards. That
0: could be the bit, you know, that could really be what grabs your attention. But the kind of stuff that we're talking about is much more fundamental. So that would be like, do you know, for example, that Jesus didn't speak of himself as just a great moral teacher, but rather as a son of God, as we find in like Matthew mm-hmm. 16, 13 through 17. Do you know that Jesus died on a cross, not as a hapless martyr, but as the sacrificial lamb of God who takes away the sin of the the world as is made clear in verses like John 1 29. Do you know that Jesus's birth was not a normal affair, but was rather the work of the Holy Spirit conceiving him in the womb of a virgin as outlined in passages like Luke 1 26 the 38. That's the kind of knowledge we're talking about.
1: Yeah. So this is knowledge as it relates to Christ rather than quote unquote right knowledge about your favorite pet doctrinal theory. Right. Because I I feel like people really love, like at least in the modern day, and I'm sure that's not new, love drawing lines around Mm non-essentials and then say, you can't possibly be saved if you fill in the blank with whatever (laughs) like offends you this moment.
0: I was was watching a video where this preacher, and he starts off, the first thing he says is, is right, and he says that he's I think he was, he must have been in the South. He had a Southern accent, very fiery. Point being, he's talking to me, he's like, if they don't hold to our doctrine, we must stay away from them. So like if they're denying the virgin birth, they don't walk after the true doctrine of our Lord, which is true. Like okay, like okay, if you don't believe in the virgin birth of Christ, that's like a fundamental article of the faith. That would be one of the things we're talking about here, right? Like okay, that's fine. But then he says, and 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 heck, if 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 he don't believe in a pre wrath pre-tribulation rapture, I'm tossing him too. Like okay. Uh-oh. A little, <laughs>
1: we're on that red line alert, red a alert, hard, red yeah. alert.
0: <laughs> and that's yeah I think that's like that's the kind of thing yeah. we're drawing the distinction in and that's true like yeah. yeah like okay like pre-wrath pre-tribulation like no that's not what we're talking about here we talk about right <laughs> it's not knowledge not essential to
1: saving faith. yes
0: what we're talking about are the facts that are prophesied about Jesus in the Old Testament presented about him in the Gospels and proclaimed about him throughout the epistles yeah. that is what makes up the body of knowledge that we must know in order for our faith to be placed in the right thing and okay. that's what it comes down to is like you have to have the right knowledge that your faith is in the right object that makes sense yeah in this case That is, of course, Jesus, the eternal Son of God. So that's the first key aspect of saving faith. Do we actually know the truth? And that's not a small thing because you got people like the prophet Hosea who uh, once poignantly observed in Hosea 4, 6, God's own people are destroyed by a lack of such knowledge. Like if you don't know that stuff, like yeah, okay, your faith's not gonna be the right thing and you're gonna perish as a result. So like yeah. that is important. You need to know the facts that are presented about Christ in the scripture. And that would be what we're talking about here. So that's the first thing. Mm. The second is mind's
1: agreement. Ooh, it's, it sounds kind okay, of metaphysical. Like, yeah,
0: metaphysical. Like yeah, it that. does, right? So what they were getting at... With that is when we're talking about faith, it's not enough merely to have the biblical facts about Jesus. Okay. So if you take perhaps um, a common example would be a guy like Bart Ehrman, who was a New Testament scholar. He knows plenty that the Bible says about Jesus. He's got the facts up here that scripture records about Christ. Mm -hmm. But he does not acknowledge the Bible's validity and he does not believe that scripture accurately portrays Christ. So with that knowledge, he doesn't actually agree to it. He's like, oh, I know it. The same way that like you might know, oh, like I've read Homer's Odyssey and Uh, I know it, but I'm not like, oh, I don't agree that that's That's an accurate portrayal of reality. He's a New Testament
1: scholar. Yes. From like a secular point of view. Yes. That's
0: fascinating. Yes. And that is a common field, maybe another podcast for another time, but in like the 1700s, 1800s, you get the field of higher biblical criticism. That's really, it's basically a, for lack of a better term, a quote unquote secular study of scripture that has no interest in approaching it as sacred text. It approaches it purely from a historical, like, trying to reconstruct it point of view, which means that you get a guy like Bart Ehrman who knows a lot about the New Testament but doesn't agree with it. And that's what we're talking about here. So, he thinks that Jesus was a real person. He doesn't deny that, but he doesn't agree with the Bible's portrayal of him. So, just to know in your head what the Bible says about Jesus is not a saving faith make. Right? (laughs) Uh, So You must also assent to what the Bible says. You must agree in your mind with the way that the prophets and apostles preach Jesus to us.
1: Is there a reason the statement is mind's agreement? Why not like heart or something, for instance?
0: Yeah, so they would probably parse that for specific reasons, and that actually gets into the next segment, which is the third aspect of saving faith is heart's trust. Okay, okay. So once more, we must note, it takes more than just right knowledge and the mind's agreement in order to be saved, because you get famously James saying in his letter, even the demons believe and shudder. They tremble,
1: right? That is a quick clarification right there.
0: Yes, it is. Because in other words, you have the fallen angels of hell who know all about Jesus. Right? they know the facts about him and they even they believe he is the Son of God they assent to that like you get the demon-possessed people in the Gospels going up to Jesus and saying that about him before anyone else knew what was going on with Jesus like, yeah. they're kind of like I know who you are you are the holy one of God you are the Son of God yeah. so they believe that but they're still doomed to wander through waterless places and chains of gloomy darkness forever and the question is well why because that knowledge and that belief has not led them to trust hmm. in Jesus they do not trust him and that that. That is the final, most essential aspect of saving faith. We must know who Jesus is, we must agree that he is who he says he is, and we must trust him. Because of it, we must put all of our confidence in him. We must believe that there is no other name under heaven by which we may be saved. We must decisively stop thinking to ourselves, I can get myself into God's good graces through my own efforts and doings, right? (laughs) Like, no, only Jesus can get us into God's good graces. And he does this when we, like the tax collector in that parable, that famous parable, when we cry out, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Because if we could get ourselves into God's good graces, if we didn't need to put all of our confidence and trust in Jesus in order to be saved. To Paul's point at several times in his letters, Christ died for no reason. Like he didn't have to come and die if that was actually possible. So you really have to trust in him alone. And actually to put it as bluntly as Martin Luther once did, those who seek to earn the grace of God by their own efforts are trying to please God with sins.
1: Hmm, that sounds a lot like the kind of more helpful interpretation of the verse in Matthew 25, right? Where essentially they are f- hoping to ride on their own merits. Yes. Like, look where they at, say, look what I actually yeah, accomplished.
0: Lord, look, we cast out demons in your name and did many mighty works. I never knew you because you never actually trusted in me. You trusted in your own works. You trusted that, oh, I cast out demons and did miracles. Like, well, here's the thing. False prophets can do those things, (laughs) right? Like that can happen. So at the end of the day, when we're talking about saving faith here. Don't try to please God with sins. Don't try to earn. Don't (laughs) try to get around and be saved in any way other than trusting in Christ because that's just plain tomfoolery. You know, you can't please God any other way. Please him the only way you can, which is through faith, as Hebrews 11, 6 makes clear. And so those are the three primary aspects that make up a true saving faith. Right knowledge, mind's agreement, and your heart's trust. Yeah. Those are it. Those nice. are the three boyos.
1: I do find it interesting. And what I mean by interesting is really like what I find compelling and like a relief is that it's not like flipped, That it's not like mind's trust and heart's agreement or something oh, like yeah. that. It's, like, yeah, it's a <laughs> tall order. I think like as it's stated, it, it really doesn't seem so impossible to achieve that, to achieve like yeah. mind's agreement with what I know the text to say and heart's trust in that. Like, yeah, I feel like that acknowledges the difficulty of just existing in this human form. Yes. And it's like, broken. Right. you know what I mean? Right. Yes. That's something that can be attained versus making this like, oh, you have to be perfect. You have to do this perfectly or understand this perfectly. I can never do that.
0: Right. Yes. Yes. And to that point, because it, it easily, when we talk about faith, it can almost very easily become its own kind of work. <laughs> I need to read up more on it before I really, really harshly criticized it. But when you talk about the Catholic doctrine of justification, mm. they do say that we're justified by faith, but they add faith working through love. So they add this affectional dimension. That's required to justification, which means that like, not only is it okay, you know the right stuff and you agree with it and you trust in Christ, but it's like, you have to have the heart's affection included in that. And my problem with that, and historically, like when you get into the Reformation, their problem with that is that it again makes faith a work. (laughs) So as an example here, let me take this out of the realm of perhaps weird abstractions and give an example of this, of, of what it means when all this stuff comes together into true saving faith. And maybe I've used this on the podcast before, so if I have, forgive me, but I I do think it's a really helpful illustration. Imagine that you're back in Egypt Mm -hmm. as an Israelite in slavery, and it's the night of the Passover, and the destroyer, the angel of death, is going to pass through that night, and he is going to destroy all the firstborn children Animals that don't have the blood of the Passover lamb painted over their doorposts, okay? Now, let's say you've got two neighbors, two Israelite neighbors, you know, Frank and Sam, okay? And one of them is very confident, and one is very afraid. And they're talking to each other as they're painting their doorposts, Mm -hmm. and Frank is like, it's going to be a crazy night, but we're going to be fine. (laughs) Like, this is going to be, God has promised to take care of us, the blood of the Lamb covers us, all will be well. And Sam is freaked out, though. He's like, angel of death, like the destroyer, like, it's just just this blood, like, that's what's going to keep us? Like, I'm just, I'm freaked out. Like, I am afraid. Like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And Frank goes, well, no, I trust. I trust the promises of God, and we're going to be fine. And then they both go into their homes after they're done painting the blood. Who that night is spared from the destroyer? Mm, Both of them, right? Both. That has everything to do with the fact that they both... Trusted, even though they both felt differently. Oh, yeah. Right? So like Sam, who was trembling in his sandals, he demonstrated that he knew the Passover instructions. He heard Moses deliver them. He agreed, okay, we have to do this. And then he demonstrated he actually trusted it better than he knew by actually doing it and not by going out and saying like, well, you know what? I actually am not so sure this is going to work. This doesn't seem possible. So I'm just going to try to get out of here. I'm trying to leave tonight. <laughs> he didn't do that. He's like, nope, like I'm going to paint the blood over my doorposts and we're going to sit here and wait. Yeah. And so even though his heart was freaked out, he's still spared yeah. because it has less to do with that and really everything to do with the object of his trust, mm. which is God. So you may have what we would call for lack of a better term, a weak faith. But if you know who christ is you agree with what he says about himself and you say i trust him you know even though i can't understand everything like golly if i was you know like if i was god i might change some of these things right but at the end of the day you still like no i trust yeah. even though my feelings haven't caught up to that <sighs> right you are still in that process being held by christ so i think there is a lot of comfort in that because then it's even when your faith is weak to use another illustration. It was like when I first took my daughter, Abby, into the pool, when she was a little older than one, she was holding on to me and I was holding on to her. And at one point, you know, we're rough horsing around and someone like splashes a bunch of water and it gets in her face and it shocks her and she <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah. Well, did she fall into the pool? The answer is no, not. because I was holding on to her. And it's the same in the life of faith for the Christian. Like if you've placed yourself into the arms of Christ through faith, even in those moments where you're freaking out or something just feels like it's falling apart, he's still holding on to you, even in those moments where it feels like you have perhaps uh, lost your hold on him. So Mm -hmm. yeah, saving faith. There it is. Boom. Another issue (laughs) quickly and definitively solved on the Horizons Church podcast. No, hey, thanks as always for listening. We hope this was encouraging to you today. And if it was, you want to leave us an honest five-star review on the Apple podcast platform, you can certainly do that. And if you have any questions on this or any other topic, please feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll catch you next time.